Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Brother James Odo from Church of the Apostles in New Orleans. Let's give him a great big welcome. How about it? Is Donovan Hill not your favorite person in all the world? Amen. Praise God. I've got so much to say. I really do, and I'm so infatuated with the sound of my own voice, it's ridiculous. It really is. I, I don't know if there's anybody that loves to hear me preach any more than me. <laughs> I just love, I am so lonely, and I love to talk to people. Amen. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have a good time Sunday. I'm telling you what, man, my poor Uber driver, I had to get an Uber up here because my truck's been in the shop since, like, Noah's Ark, and um, that guy got it, man. He got a blast. He got a one-hour and 15-minute Bible study. I'm really tired, but um, I'm going to keep going because, you know, it's just that way. No, seriously, though, the Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, and... If you know me, you know I'm going to get choked up at some point when I'm talking because I, I just, I believe this. I believe this. I believe it with every fiber of my being. I believe that the Word of God is true. I believe that God is real. I believe that God's heart is yearning to touch the lives of people in a very passionate and real way, in a in a manifest way. And uh, so, you know, when I get trapped in a car with a stranger, I get a nervous talking thing going, and it's a good thing that I know the Bible. So we just start talking. About, you know, I'm dressed like a priest, so he, uh, he said, and I'm carrying a big, fat family Bible, and, you know, and he's like, oh, are you going to speak at a church? I said, you better know it, buddy. We're every Bible. Hallelujah. And uh, anyway, we started chit-chatting, and he turned the conversation uh, to, uh, you know, what, what, are you, what are you talking about, you know? And so, hey, well, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the new birth. I'm talking about the fundamentals of Christ. I'm talking about the power to be a witness. And so we start talking, and, and he's a, a, a faithful attender of a, a denominal church. And um, let me just wrap it up with this. He said, he's looking over the back seat at me, and he, you know, he stopped in the front. We got out here, and he wanted to continue, but he, he, he saw people, and he thought church was starting. He said, uh, so, so what you're saying is this, is that there is a, a birth of water and of spirit that every believer can have. And I said, exactly. Tomorrow, we're going to eat lunch. And we're going to talk some more. And I'm going to start a Bible study in that man's home in New Orleans. Amen. And that's why God has called us. That's why God has filled us with the Holy Ghost. Because there are people that are hungry. And the Bible says, how can they believe if they have not heard? Amen. Let me tell you this, my friend. You will only get what you are willing to preach. You will not get it if you won't preach it. And you will not receive it if you don't make room for that word to manifest. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about getting out of our own way. And not doing what God did not call us to do. And doing what God did call us to do. Amen. I am very excited. We're, we're going to uh, forego church in New Orleans Sunday. And, and the good thing about having like seven people in your church is you can fit them all in the same car. So we're going to come up here and have church with y'all on Sunday. And my people are coming up. So we're going to have a joint service. I don't know if there's room enough on that row for all of my people. But there is room in this house for them. 
And so we've got a guy that, that another guy that we had come Sunday. Uh, he first time he thought he was just coming for lunch. His uncle kind of didn't tell him we were having Bible study, and uh, he ended up staying all day, just hungry, just just hungry. It's the last days, folks. And we can decry the condition of this world all we want. And we can talk about how evil it is and how, how unbelievably evil it is. But understand this, there has never been a, a day in the history of the world that has more closely resembled the days of the Roman Empire than the days we live today. The debauchery, the open hedonism, the, 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 uh, the, the, the worship of false gods, the selfishness, the, the anger, the warfare, the conquest, the damage that's being done to innocence. There, is, there has never been a day that has more closely resembled the Roman Empire. But remember this. It was the Roman Empire in which, the Jesus, in which the Jesus chose to reveal his church. It was in that time that Jesus chose to have. So if the world is manifesting to the degree that the world was in when God came the first time with the message of the New Testament church, how much more do we need to resemble the New Testament church now? I'm not scared of the devil, folks. I'm not afraid of this world. I'm not afraid of going to jail. I mean, I've been to jail before for a whole lot less. Right? Sandwiches aren't that good, but at least they kind of feed you now. But I can tell you this. I'm more afraid. I'm going to tell you what I'm really afraid of. I'm afraid that we're going to settle for cool church rather than real church. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that we are going to allow the church to think itself out of the supernatural. And into the realm of turning this into one great big Tony Robbins seminar where everybody goes out pumped. We're pumped. Yes, I can do this. I'm going to get an advancement in my career and I'm going to meet the girl of my dreams and I'm going to get that Porsche and I'm going to get this and get that is not the gospel. Let me tell you why Jesus went to Calvary. He said, I'm not the Messiah. John the Baptist said, I'm not the Messiah, but the one that's coming after me, he's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's why he went to Calvary. That's why Jesus suffered and died. One reason, one reason only, to prepare a vessel to fill his spirit. Amen. He made us that way. He formed us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. I'm excited about what God's doing in New Orleans. I'm very excited about y'all fixing this place up. This looked like the skate ranch for so long. I am so glad this is not a bowling alley anymore. It is now a church, and I'm excited about stucco or whatever you call it, stuff on the side. Ephus. Praise God. Amen. And I've been in this thing neck deep with Pastor Donovan. I was out here fighting for money for you. Amen. I was arguing with the insurance people. I don't think that guy thinks I'm a preacher. But, I, I mean, I tried to stay saved in it, but he just, he just needed to be told. You know, sometimes you got, I told him, didn't I? Amen. It's uncomfortable for Pastor Hill. He's a very amicable fella. I am aggressive. I am an aggressive person. Praise God. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. <clears throat> but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. Unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. Everybody say manifested. And we have seen it. Everybody say seen it. I seen it. Say I seen it. I seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard and declared we unto you. That you also, everybody say you also, say that's me, have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Amen. 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 I want to unpack this. Now, where's the clock? Okay, I see the clock. It is 7.43. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach right to 8.15. That's when I get off, right? That's when we get punch out and get off work, okay? 8.15. I've got a lot of stuff to pack in a short period of time, and I don't, I, I don't want to run over it too fast, but I want to I, I start in the beginning and make my way through, and there's a reason for that. We're talking about praying people through to the Holy Ghost. We're talking about people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and this is what we need to understand. That either this is real or we are all absolutely insane. Okay, let's just get that out there right now. Either this book is a fairy tale and we are all stupid or this is real and we are all in trouble because we ain't seeing this happen like it needs to happen. So this is the deal. Pick your place. Are we stupid or are we in trouble? I would rather be in trouble than be stupid. So this is the thing. We're going to get out of trouble tonight. We're going to take the fetters off of this book and let it be what it is. Because this is the deal, folks. They didn't, the guys that started this thing, they were not playing. The guys that started this thing, this wasn't a, a, a career opportunity for them. This was not a career path. They sold everything they had. They walked away from everything they were. They sacrificed their families, their fortunes, their names, their lives. Every one of them were killed except for one. And the, oh, the guy that wrote first, John, John, they tried, but he just wouldn't die. So it wasn't for lack of trying. It was just that he had a promise. And the promise that he was, was that he was going to live until he saw the kingdom come. And he saw the kingdom come on the Isle of Patmos. And he wrote the book of Revelation. And then he got to go to Ephesus and he died of old age with all of the scars from being dipped in oil. And being stoned and being beaten and being left on a listen, folks, this is real. This book is real. These stories are not stories, it is fact, it is reality. And if we will deal with it in that way, we will see it with our eyes and we will handle it with our hands and we will hear it with our ears. And we're gonna take part of the greatest revival. That has ever been for the former house will be greater than the latter house. The Bible says that it will be the former and the latter reign together. Amen. We're going to see a day that the reaper overtakes the sower. You're not going to be able to get the seed in the ground fast enough that you got to have a combine right behind you harvesting. Is that what you want to see at Bethesda? I believe that. Because you're a very sedate people and I got about a, a four amen out of you. I'm excited about that. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm at a 10. Guy was talking to me on the phone the other day. He said, I'd like to take this down from off of 10. I said, let me tell you something, buddy. When we get a resolution, I'll go to five. But until we get a resolution, get used to 10. 
because I've got an 11 that you don't want to see. Amen. God's got an 11. I want you to know God's got an 11. (laughs) Hallelujah. That is the gospel according to Spinal Tap. Amen. Praise God. So, what did God ask us to do to see this? He didn't ask us to be special. He didn't ask us to be super smart. He just asked us to be witnesses. You know, when I think of witnesses, I think of a newscast. And, and you know, it just seems to me that whenever a hurricane hits, they always want to interview the most ignorant person they can find. Well, you know, I'm down there, and next thing you know, it just comes down like a freight train to run up through here and tore everything up, you know. But that's not the witness you want. I seen it. That's not the witness we want. The witness that we want is somebody that has experienced something to a degree that it's become part of them. The Bible says this. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now I want you to think about that. Think about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means that you can put your hands on it. You can feel of it. It has, it has manifestation, right? And, and it says it's the substance of the evidence of things not seen. It's, it's evidence. It's not hope so. It's not imagination. It's evidence. It's literally something that I can prove validity with. That's what faith is. But, but I want you to understand something, that there is a, a higher level than faith. Now, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But, but, but once we get into the place where we are pleasing to God with faith, there is a level that the apostles were on that their faith actually manifested into understanding. I don't have to have faith for what I know. I have to have faith for what I have not yet experienced. I have to have faith for something that I am not fully familiar with. So when we talk about having faith in God, faith is for the candidate. Understanding is for the messenger. Understanding is for the witness. That witness isn't believing something. They are testifying to something they have seen, they have experienced. So when you look at Things like, and we're going we're gonna to narrow this very broad thought down to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to talk about healing, miracles, signs, and wonders, and all those things. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all that stuff. We're going to talk about one thing, and that is birthing people into the kingdom through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, first thing we need to understand is... What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Is it an extra gift? Is it what's spoken of in 1 Corinthians? Does it need an interpretation? All of those things that people pop up and some of you might have in the back of your mind so as when you go to pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, you don't really fully believe that everybody needs it. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. Okay? Now that sounds ugly and it sounds harsh, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit after a promise after you believe. So there is a different experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and believing. Now, 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 now I'm going to explain it to you in a way that you understand so it's, you're not nearly as offended as you might be right now. Okay? I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but y'all have only given me like 20 minutes to explain an eternal truth. So you're just going to have to bear with me on this. John chapter 3, the Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus acknowledges Jesus' position as a rabbi, as a teacher. And he says, we know you're a teacher come from God. He said, we know you're speaking truth. So, So this guy's got a level of faith, okay? He comes to him from a religious background with a level of faith. Jesus does not chide him, 
but he does not coddle him either. And let me help you understand something. Hungry people will eat off of a dirty plate. You don't have to be perfect to be a witness. But what you do have to be is available and honest. So when Jesus said this, Jesus' response to him was, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? And then he goes and says this, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, some people say that the birth of the water is the birth of the flesh, and the birth of the Spirit is when you believe and you get born again. But that's not what he's saying. He is comparing a natural birth to a spiritual birth. And we have to understand that Nicodemus' original question was, how can a man be born when he is old? Not a child. So this man has already been born. He has already gone through the natural birthing process and has grown into the fullness and stature of a man. And so now Jesus says, let me help you understand. It's a birth of water and a birth of spirit, and it's like the natural birth. So what is that natural birth? That natural birth is comprised of three components, of conception, embryonic stage, and pneumatic stage. There's a, there is a conception. There's a fertilization. The seed comes from the father. The egg is from the mother. When there's conception there, there's life. That's why we don't believe in abortion, because we believe life begins at conception, right? There's life there, but is there birth there? No, there's only life. There's life there. When you believe, there's life there. A light has shown. An experience has taken place that is a miraculous and celebratory event. It is a beautiful, wonderful thing. You have come, become connected with the Father. And you have been connected with the new Jerusalem that is the mother of us all. But there is still a process that takes place. See, we're so event-oriented that we want to stop. L listen to me. Denominations do not tell me who you are. They tell me where you stopped. We've got to keep going. Pentecostals, we've got to keep going. We can't stop at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've got to go into the maturity of Christ. We've got to move on. Not move away from, but move on into higher heights. Into being a witness. So the next step is the embryonic stage. Well, who provides that stage? The mother provides a stage. And it is a stage of water. The child is completely immersed in water. Does that sound familiar? And then there's the breaching of the womb. And what's the first thing that you want that child to do when he breaches the womb? You want him to cry, right? Why do you want him to cry? Because the audible gives evidence of the invisible. His lungs are filled with air and it comes out of his mouth. Right? So... Jesus goes on to explain the situation of the spirit birth, and he says this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but canst not tell whether it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the spirit. He doesn't say so is everyone that's born of the water. He says so is everyone that's born of the spirit. So when the spirit birth takes place, there is a sound. Now let me ask you something. Which of those three components in a natural birth can you do without? None. Which of them is insignificant? None. And listen to this. Every element has every other element in it. The fertilization of the egg has water, blood, and spirit, or, or pneuma, breath, oxygen. The embryonic stage has water, blood, and spirit. The natural birth, the, the, the spirit birth, or the, the pneumatic stage has water, blood, and spirit. But in each one of them, a different element is more significant. But none of them takes away from the other because it's God's perfection. Now, when you've turned to 1 John chapter 5, you see this. 
First John chapter 5 in the King James Version has a, has a scripture added that completely changes the nature of this scripture. So we're going to read it in the NIV version, which has a direct translation. So it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love of God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcometh the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Three, the water, the spirit, and the blood, and these are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which has given, uh, which He has given about His Son. Whoever believeth in the Son of God accepts this testimony. What's the testimony? The testimony is he came by water, by spirit, and by blood. So this is the thing. Just as he came by water, spirit, and blood, we come by water, spirit, and blood. Now this is the deal, folks. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues yet, nobody's taken away anything from you. You might have been living for God for years and years and, and you're living for God. It's not like you're living for some monkey Jesus over here that isn't really, really Jesus. Right? It's the real Jesus. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But let me ask you something. Do you know everything about God yet? I don't. But let me tell you this. If I keep walking with him and I stay in agreement with the water, the spirit, and the blood, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to keep manifesting that word. That word's going to keep manifesting, and that spirit is actually speaking that word. Listen, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, same process. Everything you need to know about God is in the book of Genesis. You can find everything you need to know about God in the book of Genesis. Why? Because the word agrees together. The Spirit agrees. It shows us. So what happened in the beginning? The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness dwelt upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the waters, the face of the waters. And what happened? Nothing. Why? Because the Spirit was preparing. What was He preparing for? He was preparing for the spoken word because the Spirit was about to speak. And the creation took place when the Spirit spoke. When He said, let there be light, there was light. So what's the first step? The first step is the moving of the Spirit. The Bible says, except the Spirit draw you, you can't come. The first reason we don't see people get the Holy Ghost is because we're praying for people that God isn't drawing yet. Just because we want them to get the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that it's time for them to get the Holy Ghost or that they're in a place of void. You, for creation to take place, you've got to let go of yourself. You've got to understand you need it. Listen, when I came to God, I knew I was a sinner. Nobody had to convince me of my shortcomings. Nobody had to convince me of my lack of understanding. Nobody had to convince me of the darkness I was in. When you understand you're in darkness, you just want the light. You don't care how it comes. You're not worried about how it looks. But when you got people that are analyzing every step, they're not ready. They're not hungry. I could make a gourmet meal for you, and if you're not hungry, you won't eat it. It could be your favorite meal. And you won't want it because you're not hungry. The Bible says, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen? So the first thing we need to understand is that candidate has to be hungry. The second thing we have to understand is the Spirit has to draw them. Are y'all with me still? Did I lose y'all when I said uh, that, that, that 
this was a three-part situation here. And Amen. I, I, I didn't mean that. I mean, I meant it, but I didn't mean to, for you to get offended at it. So I'm going to say it anyway, but I want you to like me. So if not, I'm just going to keep talking past 815. Amen. So the Spirit of God moves on the face of the waters, and then God says, it's always going to be that way. Every time God creates, it's always going to be that way. How do you know that? Because he set the patterns. God is a God of patterns. I don't want to get sidetracked into patterns, but I'm going to tell you something. When you really begin to understand the intricacies of God's mind and how God's mind works and how he has set patterns in every single thing that you have ever seen, felt, touched, understood, thought about every color you've seen, every sound you've heard, everything you've ever known is in a pattern that God has set and he knows it. He knows it for each and every one of you as though you were the only person on the face of the earth in a universe that only exists all by yourself. He knows these things and he's passionately hungry to see you and to know you and to be part of your life. So when we come to him and we say things like, well, you know, I don't know. I'll have to study that. Listen to me, folks. When I found out that God wanted to live in my body, I was very excited to welcome him in. And if we don't have people that are hungry like that, they're just not going to get it. And you can ababa and GGG them. You can shake them. You can make them say spaghetti 10,000 times. You can do whatever you want to do. They're just not going to get it. But let me tell you something. If they will hunger for him two seconds, it's always suddenly. There's only one place in the Bible where anybody ever tarried for the Holy Ghost, and that was because it wasn't given yet. Because the day of Pentecost wasn't fully come. Remember the patterns? Well, the patterns are set in the Old Testament. And every feast of Israel is significantly set for the fulfillment for its fulfillment in the life of each believer. Passover was fulfilled. You don't have to wait anymore for that time of year to offer up a sacrifice to be forgiven of sins. You can ask at any time, and Passover is fulfilled. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says, have you ever wondered why it says that? It says that because there was a day when the day of Pentecost had not fully come. It was only prophesied about. They were talking about it in the future as coming. That's why Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost. The fulfillment of a thing needs a witness. There was 120 there. Why was there 120 there? Because you have to have 120 to be a quorum for a synagogue. It would not have been a fulfillment entirely if there had not been 120 there. There had to be 120. Why? Because God is a God of details. If you don't believe that, change one aspect of your DNA and you will turn into a pig or a goat or a pterodactyl, or something else. Because everything in God is very meticulously aligned for a purpose because He is a God of fulfillment. He has laid the foundation. The Bible says, To whom shall He give understanding, and to whom shall He teach doctrine? He that is drawn from the breast and weaned from the milk... You've got to grow up in him. And that's everybody. That's the guy that walks in the door off the street. That's the person that's been on the pew for a hundred years. You have got to grow up and come to the place where you hunger beyond your circumstance. I've got a guy that I deal with regularly. And he always calls me, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready. I need your help. And I'll say, okay, buddy, let's do this. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, 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 and this. And he says, well, you know, that sounds good. But you know I'm going to have to hold this back. I said, well, then you know I'm going to tell you to call me later. Because until you're willing to let go of where you are, you can't get to where God's wanting you to go. You cannot live the future that God has for you until you are willing to let go of the possibility of the one you have created. And so when we talk about our experience in God, we need to understand something. That there is no more prideful position on the face of the earth. 
than my walk with God. Biblical example, I've got eight minutes left for those clock watchers with me. Woman at the well. A much married woman. Five times. So many times she decided to wing it on the last one. Got a shacking up situation going on here. Talking to God. And says, when he says, go get your husband. Oh, I think you're a prophet. Well, you know, you Jews say to go worship down there. But we say to worship here. The church I go to. Where I'm from, we do X, Y, Z. You see, whenever we get into a place where we've got to come clean about where we are, the first thing we want to get is religious. I believe in God. How many people tell you that? I had a guy one time, I was on the street in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Guy walks up and says, say, man, uh, I, need a, I need a dollar. And he gave me a flower. He said, I'll give you this flower for a dollar. I said, Okay, bud. I, I said, I just got changed. He said, I said, will that help? He said, well, well, it won't hurt. And I gave it to him. I said, you know what? I'd really rather give you more than this money. I'm going to give you this money, but what I really want to give you is the name of Jesus. He's, oh, man, I'm religious. I love the Lord. But you, you don't love him enough not to waste your life. You don't, you don't love him enough to make a change. You don't love him enough to come clean to the only person that can actually make a difference. See, this is the deal, folks. We've got to come to the place where we understand our own darkness, where we understand the, the void that's in us, that what we need. And, and you know what? I got a call from Scotland the other day from a guy I worked with. He's going to probably be watching this. He called me and he said, you know, Jim, he said, I've got, I've got a great job. I've got a great place to live. I've got a great, great car. Everything's going for me. He said, but I am so empty. He said, I thought all of my life this is what was going to get me where I needed to be. And he said, I'm here now. I was so excited to be able to tell him, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can tell you what you need. Does this resonate with anybody? Does this make sense to anybody? Listen to me, folks. There is a, a supernatural experience that will manifest if you make room for it. But we will not see it happen if we already have an explanation as to why it won't. You say, Brother Odo, I'd love to be able to pray for people to get the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what happens when you go to pray for somebody. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I hope so, I hope so, I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. I hope so. Pow! That, that's not, that's not, it's not hope so. You're not the one that has to have faith. You're the one that has to have understanding. They have to have faith. The question is, how confident are you in your experience? See, I, I know what happened to me. I remember standing outside my body almost watching myself speak in tongues. I remember that. The Bible says tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. And I was the unbeliever about my own experience. The tongues gave me understanding. The audible gave evidence to the invisible. But, but folks, listen. If there is an ounce of misunderstanding in you, the enemy will exploit it. And he will actually use you to talk yourself out of being used of God. you got to get, the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. How do I gird up the loins of my mind? I gird up the loins of my mind by understanding what the Scripture says. And what the Scripture says is this. There's no tarrying for the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, how, let me tell you what is going to happen Sunday. If you will bring me people that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every single one of them will walk out of here speaking in tongues. Ooh, he's cocky. No, I'm not. I'm not telling you what I believe. I'm telling you what I know. I can tell you this, in Temple, Texas, Carrie Sharp and he called me, he said, we want, to, we want to have a revival, we want to have a Holy Ghost revival. I said, okay, I'll come. He said, 
I want 50 people to get the Holy Ghost. I said, you know what it'll take to get 50 people to get the Holy Ghost? To have 50 people that need the Holy Ghost. We had 49 people get the Holy Ghost. You know why? In, in, in seven days. And you know why? Because they only brought 49 people. And every single one of them got the Holy Ghost. Not because Jim Odo was there, but because Jesus was there. And there were hungry people there. And they got it. And it's just that simple. How many of you have ever seen somebody receive the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues? Okay, well, guess what? You're like John. You've seen it with your eyes. You've heard it with your ears. You've handled it with your hands. He said, and this is the fellowship. See, this is the deal, folks. The only reason that the apostles had to come down to pray for the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8 was because there was a pattern that had to be fulfilled. It was, it was time for the Samaritans to receive the gospel. Now, this is the thing. The understanding of the apostles had already been opened in, in, in Luke chapter 24. It says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures, that Christ must suffer, die, and rise again on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins be preached in his name. That wasn't only the twelve. Stephen and Philip and all of those other guys were there too. So when Philip went down and preached to them, they had miracles, but nobody had received the Holy Ghost yet. Why? Because Peter had to come down. Because Peter was the one with the keys. He had to unlock it. It was a pattern. It was something that God had spoken, and it had to be fulfilled. And guess what happened? When he came down, they received the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say they spoke with tongues, but we know this. Something significant happened because Simon the sorcerer saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, and he tried to offer money. He said, give me this gift also that on whomsoever I lay my hands, they receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Same thing when it went to the house of Cornelius. Why didn't Cornelius receive it? Cornelius didn't receive it because Peter had to come unlock the door. Because Peter was called for that time. And God had to show Peter a vision three times to prove to him what he had already preached himself. It's possible to preach something that you don't understand yourself. Peter said, the Holy Ghost is for you and your children and all that are afar off. But Peter didn't believe that. Because when God told him to go to Cornelius' house, he said, no, Lord, I can't go over there. They're Gentiles. God showed him the vision three times, and then he went. And when he went, he just started talking. He didn't have to lay hands on nobody. He just showed up, started talking. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? Next verse tells you, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts 19, the same thing. These guys were believers. They had believed. They were baptized by John the Baptist. I mean, my God, if you're looking for an all-star baptism. And what's Paul's first question to them? Hey, brothers, how's it going? How's the ministry going? No, that's not what he said. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Why? Because it was the reason that Christ went to Calvary. It's the power to be a witness, to be counseled, to walk with him. It's 8.15, 8.16. I'm done. Stan. I'm preaching here again on Sunday. We're going to be here all week long in the Capoco Lounge. Come on down. I just wanted you to stand to make you think I was going to finish. But I'm going to tell you this last thing. If the word offends you, I'm sorry. If my manners offend you, I apologize. But if the word offends you, you need to ask yourself the question, why does it offend me? And I'll tell you why, because it's wrestling the darkness in you. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you a God hater. What it makes you is a human being. And we're always nervous when we start going into an area that we, we're worried about. That, that, uh, that, and this is serious. This is my faith. You can't tear somebody's house down. Unless you've got somewhere for them to go. Fortunately, we have somewhere for them to go. Because this is a Holy Ghost church. This is a full gospel church. We preach the whole gospel. We preach the proper response to the gospel. And listen, there's a whole lot more meat on this bone, but we're going to save it for Sunday dinner. But I will tell you this. That God wants to use you. He wants to use you in your workplace. Listen to me, I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in Texaco gas stations. 
I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in airports. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in their living rooms. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in hospital rooms. I've seen, wherever, you might, wherever you might think somebody might be. For I perceive that God is no respecter of person. God is no respecter of person. I've seen blacks, whites, Chinese, deaf folks. I've seen people that can't even speak get the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I've seen it on five continents. I've seen it in cold weather, hot weather, indoors, outdoors, on the roof, in the basement. Pick a spot. Come on, listen to me. God wants to use you. But the question is, do you want to be used? Because Jesus is looking for a witness. Will you agree with me? That's what he needs. That's all he needs. Will you, will you believe me? Will you believe me? That I can change your life with my very presence? That's, that's what he's saying. He told Thomas, he said, Blessed are you, Thomas, for you have seen and you believe. But he said, There's a greater blessing for those that are going to believe that have not seen. They have not seen me in the flesh, but they've seen me move in my spirit. They've heard the wind blow. They've seen the trees move. Listen, folks, we're going to have a good time Sunday. I, I, I bring your friends. But listen, don't, don't, don't bring everybody. I, I'm serious. Don't bring everybody. Say, my cousin, Lord, he's down. He said he's going to come. Keep him outside. Jesus ain't nervous. And he ain't begging people to follow him. When he started talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, they said, ooh, these are hard sayings. Who can, who can hear that? And the Bible says, and after that time, many said they weren't going to follow him anymore. You know what Jesus did? He turned around to the 12. He said, bus is leaving, boys. It don't get any better than this. We're headed to Calvary. When I was talking to that man in that car, we started talking about Calvary. I started thinking about what Jesus did to, to pave the way for us to receive this experience. The world was watching him on the cross. They were mocking him. They were accusing him. They had beaten him. The Bible says he was beaten so badly you couldn't even tell he was human. Crown of thorns on his head, stripped naked in his holiness, humiliated. But he couldn't see that. All he could see was us. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you ever think about Calvary and think, Lord, I'm sorry? You know what he says? That's okay. Let's have some joy. Let me fill you with my spirit and let's rejoice together. That's what the Holy Ghost is about, folks. It's not about winning an argument. It's not about promoting a doctrine. It's about sharing the joy of the resurrection with the Savior that died to buy it, to purchase it. If you're here tonight, let's not wait till Sunday. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues, I promise you that if you will come down here right now, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and you will speak with tongues as the Spirit gave you utterance. Say, how do you know that? Well, because I've, I've seen it with my eyes and I've heard it with my ears and I've handled it with my hands. And I know it's real. Say, that's a pretty bold promise. I stand on the promise of the Word of God for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's what He said. Amen. Praise God. I tell you what, if you want to be used of God this week to bring somebody 
I want you to come down right now. Make a move. We're going to get old-fashioned here. Praise God. This is, this is my smoke machine. I'm going to use this tool. Y'all use this. Y'all use that. I'm going to use this tool. The tool is you moving out of where you are to come down here with me and take a step of faith. Because I'm going to tell you something. Back in the old days, it was that walking down the aisle. There was the awakening to the darkness that was in me. It was me making a move out of where I was as an act of faith to come down and prepare my heart to fulfill all righteousness. This is what I want you to do, and I want you to, I want you to take this as dead. I, I mean, serious. Coming from a man who had lived in a trailer park at one time, I want you to take this as serious as a tornado in a trailer park. That's a serious thing when you live in a trailer. People can joke about that, but my God, when that thing starts rumbling, you know you're about to go airborne. That's serious business. You're praying them straps are good. That half-drunk joker that strapped your trailer down, you're hoping that he had... You know what I'm saying? That's how serious I want you to take this right now. I want you to begin to pray that God will reveal someone to you that is praying for this. Don't invite somebody unless you're led of the Lord to do it, okay? But I want you to... How many of you immediately thought of somebody when I said that? Anybody raise your hand right there in the back? Yes, you did. That's who you called. No pressure. Hey, listen. I was praying and you came to my mind. Would you please come with me? We're having a special service on Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's going to be weird as you could ever imagine. You're probably going to be uneasy with it. But I'll be with you and I want you to come with me. Come see the show. Come on down with me. And get them to come. And if we can fill this house with people, God can fill those their, their, their bodies with His Spirit. Amen. How many of you believe that? Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.